This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 659. And I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. And I am also alongside Brandon the BTTG. And also Chris. But make sure you listen to all of our past episodes at MarkinOut.com. Also, check us out on Spotify and wherever else you may be listening to podcasts. Make sure you give us a like over on Facebook. Give us a follow over on Twitch, over on Twitter, over on Instagram, over on Threads, and subscribe on YouTube. But, that being said... We would really appreciate it if you bought a t-shirt, please. ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Figure it out at MarkinOut, MarkinOut11. And you can follow me at DavidPTDPT. And Brandon at BTTG161. And Chris at ChrisSweenDog over on Twitter. And CMSweeney85 over on Instagram. But... Let the games begin! Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? I'm doing good and I cannot believe the week is already done. Yes, uh, but how was your week? My week was really good. My week was very, very good. Um, You know, it was very... Relaxing, very relaxing, very calming, and hey, Mazel Tov, it's a new year. We, yeah. we brought in a new year, uh, Lashana Tova, Russia Shana, we had some brisket, we had some matzah ball soup, and so much more. What did you do for Russia Shana? How was your week? Well, I mean, I, I didn't really do anything for Rosh Hashanah per se, but before I was going down to Florida, I was even craving that, like, Jewish-style brisket. Mm-hmm. So I decided what better time to make one than Rosh Hashanah. Okay. So I made that. I think I could have used more, like, either brown sugar or, like, cranberry sauce or something in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was pretty good. I put parsnips in, which is something I've never done before. Okay. I figured it's a root vegetable, so it would still be good, and it was still good. All right, so, there you go. Definitely uh, it appreciated it, <laughs> appreciated the the brisket. That's that I you cooked. know, I'm. You gotta send me a picture. You know, I I I'm always a fan of my mom's brisket. She makes it very sweet. Um, it's kind of it's really how my grandma used to make it and everything, but. Always yeah, a fan I put of... I did put brown sugar in, yeah. but I, I think I needed more. See, like okay. when I cook, for the most part, I don't measure anything. I don't have like uh, measurements in my head. Okay, so yeah, like, she we do the brown sugar method. But I do think I really feel like the the last time I made a brisket, I put cranberry sauce in, and I mm-hmm. don't remember 
I don't remember. I mean, I obviously didn't put it in this time, so mm-hmm. I'm almost certain I did, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay. But yeah, so I made the brisket, which I just sent you a picture of. Okay. All right. Um, nice. And then oh, I was... ho, ho, Brandon bringing his A game with that one. That looks really good. Thanks. That looks really good. But I was near Walt Whitman's house in Huntington the other day, so I figured I would go to check it out because I've never been there. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go on the tour because I didn't have, like, time to tour it. I just thought I'd be able to go over, like, Teddy Roosevelt's house. You just walk up. You see the house. You don't go in the house unless you're yeah, on you the just, tour. Yeah, you just check it out. Yeah, you literally just go up to Teddy Roosevelt's house. The whole property, you could wander around. It's a beautiful house. This, though, on the other hand, Walt Whitman, it's behind a building and a fence in, like, a courtyard. And in order to see it, you have to even, I wasn't even allowed to, like, peek through a window, they told me. Really? Yeah, the guy sitting there, he goes, oh, it's $10. You get the tour. You get to see it. You can explore the No way. They were going to charge you to look through a window? No. Well, I I don't know necessarily not not charge me to look through the window, but he said we're not supposed to have you look through a window. And I'm like, I, that made no sense to me whatsoever, but... Yeah, that sounds lame. If I had time, I would have paid for the tour. Uh-huh. But if you go right around the corner, you could see a small piece of the house. Okay. So that's, like, kind of goofy to me, but maybe one day I'll go on the tour and... Check it out. I just feel like, yeah, I mean, even if you go through the, the gift shop, you could, like, kind of peek through the window and see the house, but... All right. So that doesn't make sense as to why I wasn't allowed to actually just, like, look through the window. Like, I'm there. I yeah, drove there. I'm interested in the history. Like, I can't just look at it. Yeah, he could have, like, just cut you a break and let you look in. Yeah, but not even, like, not looked in, looked out. I was inside of a building in, like, a visitor center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, that's really, <laughs> it kind of was, yeah. So definitely go check out Sagamore <laughs> Because they don't charge you. You could go sit on where the, the porch where President Roosevelt would sit and address people. Free. Mm. That, why not? I mean, free sounds good. What is your take on chopped liver? Chopped liver is a seems like a back a topic sort of thing, but I it love is. chopped liver. Okay. Do you, have you ever made your own? No. And I've never had liver by itself. I've had well, actually I think I might have had chicken liver. I'm not hundred percent sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I think. I'm not sure, but... Uh, I feel like I, know, I have had it on its own, but I'm not too certain. Like, I know liver and onions is a popular dish, but I've never had liver outside of chopped liver, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I'm almost certain. I'm not sure. But, yeah, so I grew up eating it, so it's literally one of my favorite things to eat. Yeah, I agree I with you. I'm a, years, but... I'm a big fan of chopped liver, you know? I, I It's delicious. They say it's supposedly unhealthy for you, but... I mean, I could imagine that, too, with all the... I'm sure it's very high in cholesterol and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, but it's definitely delicious. Um, Yeah, and now we got uh, Yom Kippur upcoming. You know? So wishing everybody listening who celebrates an easy fast. But very, very interesting news coming out of uh, pro wrestling this week. First, fast forward to Thursday. Okay. Today, the day we're recording. 
WWE announces that Elimination Chamber is going to be happening on February 24th, 2024 in Perth, Australia at Optus Stadium. That's about maybe 65,000 seats for WWE, perhaps. When was the last time they even did an event in Australia? I think it was like two or three years ago. But it was in any. It was like a house show, no? Um, or not a house show, but... They did a live event, like a, a, a network thing. Actually, I kind of remember it, but very, like, uh, vaguely. Not Crown Jewel. What was the other one? I don't remember. I can't remember what it is, but that's really cool that they're going back, uh, going down under. Yeah. Super Showdown. Yes. That's what it was. There you go. But yeah, so they announced that. Fast forward, they announced that SmackDown is going to be moving back to the USA Network starting in 2024 from Fox. Yeah, in uh, October. In a deal that is worth over $1.4 billion. There's no word about Monday Night Raw and NXT, although the USA Network tweeted out an article, but it doesn't say it in the article, but they tweeted it out saying, like, back together, all three shows, but... People are like, eh, Raw and NXT might not be going to USA Network. Mm-hmm. There's a rumor that Disney might pick it up somewhere. I don't know what's that going to look like. I don't know where Raw and SmackDown end up. There's uh, the deal with Hulu is coming to an end, which is goofy. I don't know what's going to go on with that. Main event still gets produced for Hulu. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. Montez Ford and Bianca Belair have a reality show coming out to Hulu. That's interesting. That should be cool. But I don't know what's going to happen with that. And uh, so, yeah. So USA Network's picking up SmackDown. And then fast forward uh, a little bit later. And a bunch of WWE releases happened, unfortunately. Yeah, there was these rumors of releases taking place Within the near future, but... There were office people that were released. That yes. was the whole... When TKO became a thing, it was only... It seemed pretty obvious that there were going to be office cuts. But talent cuts took place very unfortunate. Like I said, Mustafa Ali was the first one. And I think maybe the goofiest of all the releases because he was just used on NXT. Mm-hmm. He's the number one contender for the North American Championship. He has a match booked on no mercy against Dominic for the North American Championship. Which is coming on the 30th. I, at least he did have that. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Yeah. I know a lot of people think Impact's going to be a good fit for him. I definitely agree with that. But I want to see Mustafa Ali on live television and weekly storylines. Yeah. I mean... It's very unfortunate with Mustafa Ali, uh, especially this happening again after being brought back. Um, I really don't see the why he was released, considering that he was being used on NXT. And even still, I mean, he can be utilized. You can utilize him as a trainer for some of these younger people, especially like cruiserweight uh, people. Yeah. So, yeah. After that news broke that Emma was released... Which really sucks because she was so happy. She tweeted out talking about how happy she was that Elimination Chamber was coming to Perth. Yeah. And then like a half hour later, she's like, oh, never mind. I got released. Yeah, that's that's just And she she really didn't get a second chance, and that sucks. 
Yeah, I don't know. I I wonder why she was actually never utilized for a second chance. I don't. I mean, we know she started doing on the independence and stuff like that, and she was really doing well with Ring of Honor. I don't understand what they didn't see though. Impact. Impact, yes, impact as well. Um, but yeah, but I'm not too sure what they didn't see. It would be really nice to see her wrestle Soraya again. It would be really nice if they still brought her back somehow for the Elimination Chamber. Wow. But, yeah. Rick Boogs also unfortunately released. I think he is uh, somebody who's filled with charisma. He's currently on a Snickers high-protein bar commercial with Bianca Belair and Michael Cole that just came out less than a month ago, I believe. Yeah, I mean, the downside with with all of that is... Um, I mean, I, I feel like if it wasn't for that injury that took place, unfortunately, at I think it was WrestleMania. Yeah. I feel like that injury really put a wrench in his WWE career because I don't think he really rebounded from that. Um, well, yeah, he came back. He did stuff back and forth with Elias, and that really led to nowhere. Uh, Elias, unfortunately, was another name who was released, and it sucks that he disappeared from television. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, Ezekiel was released as well. With the fact that Ezekiel even got over, I think, and ended up being in WW2K23, I think is pretty cool. I agree with you. Uh, and I, I mean, wish that they released more music with Elias. I mean, the guy is pure. He's so talented. Yeah, I am. He, he had a number one album on iTunes, so. Yeah, I'm very, very interested to see what happens, though, with Elias. You know, I, I, I'm curious to see where what his next step is. Uh, Aaliyah was also released, which she currently has the record for the quickest win in WWE. 3. Yeah, that... 7, 3.17 seconds, I believe. I still don't understand why they did that with her. I, I don't know. Like, they, they had her pick up that very quick victory, but then they just didn't. Oh, she got injured, right? I believe she was injured. Her last uh, match, I think she lost the the tag team championships. Yeah, I think that she that's that's why uh, injury, I believe. Back in uh, September, two thousand twenty-two. Hmm. So that sucks. Yeah. And then I remember recently she posted she's going to SmackDown, and then she was like, "Oh, never mind." So. Something had to have happened there. I don't know what. Yeah. Top Dollar got released again, which kind of was surprising because he's been such a cheerleader for WWE, especially since coming back. Yeah, I don't understand with him either. I mean, they did move him from that fair, treasure. I don't think he gets looked at fairly because of that one spot where he... I agree. Flew over the top rope and well, I mean, didn't. But. <laughs> yeah, his him not flying over. I agree I think with you. It sucks because of that, and you see all these videos of him with fans, and he's really incredible. Mm-hmm. So I do hope that he gets picked up somewhere. Riddick Moss has been signed to WWE for just under ten years, and he wow. just got released. I think he could be back someday. I mean, now, do you think that him and Emma are going to be a pair somewhere? I can we see, that, that can would... we see, I'm sorry. 
No, I was going to say I think that would be smart. Could we see maybe an open challenge take place GCW? Maybe Emma and Riddick Moss step up to... Who knows? Yeah, anything's possible. Right? To the uh, Deathmatch King? Anything is possible. Never say never. It's pro wrestling. Shelton Benjamin, definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, I don't understand how someone like Shelton gets released. I think that for Shelton being released, I think that I will be okay with him being released if it's to place Shelton in a production position or a trainer position because this guy, he's been with the company for a long period of time. And even though he's not as young as everybody else, I still think that he brings a ton of experience to the table. So it's hard to see. But also, he'll, if he goes to any company, he'll kill it anywhere. Oh, yeah. The We've guy... seen him in New Japan. Yeah, We could see him do that in AEW. I saw somebody suggest him joining Blackpool Combat Club, and I think that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Revamp them a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, of course, the mark in me wants to see Shelton still help out with WWE to make everything right. like come full circle. But if he does have the opportunity to go like to AEW and something like that and still show that, hey, Chris Jericho could do it, but I can do it just as good. I am totally all for that. I mean, me and you've been marks for Shelton Benjamin for such a... I mean, since his debut, really. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so... 20 plus years. I mean, on the other hand, I'm very excited to see what's going to happen for him, you know? And I wish we could have seen, like, the current version of Chad Gable versus uh, Shelton Benjamin, like a 30-minute banger of a match or something like that. Banger after banger. And banga. I still wish we could have seen Shelton Benjamin and Brock Lesnar team up again. And win the tag titles, but uh, dude, they they no, I, I don't they 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 broke my heart with that Royal Rumble spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Royal Rumble spot that we wanted so bad, and then they just threw it in our faces. But yeah, no, I if anything, I know I never we never like to talk about um, how it's it's beneficial for somebody to get released and stuff like that. Because we feel for them, their families, and everything like that. But I am also very excited to see something like Shelton Benjamin, where we know how much he, um, how much potential he still has. Yeah, there's so and, many people from these releases who are just like, yeah. There's WWE mode, and then there's oh my god. Exactly. There's like like Shelton Benjamin. If he stayed with the company, we may not see another. We may see two matches for him right. from him per month, maybe. Right. I'm but, not even per month. Exactly. So if he goes somewhere else, if if there's an opportunity for us to see a Shelton Benjamin wrestle on a weekly basis, yeah, um, sign me up for it. Someone else who has not wrestled in months, Dolph Ziggler, who uh, I think is the most surprising name on that list because he's literally been in WWE for just under 20 years. I know. it's That's the... He's another heartbreaker. I think everything that I just said about Shelton Benjamin, I believe could say be said about Dolph Ziggler as well. Yeah, and same goes for him with a definitely definite Hall of Famer. Without a doubt. Without Still one of doubt. the, not one of, the best Money in the Bank cash-ins went to Dolph Ziggler. Mm-hmm. He has the second most matches in WWE history. 
Only 248 matches behind Kane, which John Cena put over on Twitter, and I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I hope Dolph Ziggler ends up as AEW champion. Yeah. I know that's like one of those things that everyone says, like, oh, I hope they go to AEW, blah, blah, blah. I truly, truly hope Dolph Ziggler, he literally is that damn good. Yeah. Just like Shelton Benjamin. But you know what? Dolph I, Ziggler is just like it, literally one of the best. I will say that I don't, there's no places that I hope, I guess I can't say that, but I just I hope wherever to. they. I want weekly TV. I want yeah, to see I, these people. There's I, no other options. I want weekly TV, but I think you'll agree with me in saying that wherever they do end up, I hope that they're just happy. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, 100%. You know? Yeah. Um, who else do we have? Quincy Elliott. Quincy Elliott is, un- unfortunately, after he had his, um, I guess, scandal or whatever it was that took place, he kind of just fell into the, he faded into the background. Yeah. Uh, Bryson Montana, who's been wrestling on Level Up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dana Brooke. She's improved so much in recent years, and she really killed it as 24-7 champion. Yeah, and I, I mean, think she... Record, the, right? One of the records. She's up there. Uh, I think, I what, know. she's 15-time hardcore champion? I mean, 24-7? You know? But Actually, our truths record, but I think she's the right behind him, but... That might be. You know? But this NXT run, I think, should have been more than what it was, and I wish the fans were, were more kind to her. I blame the fans. For her being released, I really do blame I the fans. I can't blame fans for her being released, but I wish they I, were I totally, kinder. I, I totally do because, unfortunately, I've seen this before with other wrestlers where they're just bashing them, bashing them, bashing them. Me and you are seeing them and being like, they are just bashing them for no reason at this point. Dana Brooke I, deserved to have people actually look at her with a clean slate when she went to NXT and even started coming uh, back to wrestling and everything. She deserved it. I also, uh, her theme song that was used prior to this one that she has was literally one of the best in WWE. Yeah. Very annoyed that 2K took that one out of the game and switched it to her new one. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, oh, that's cool that they updated it. I just wish they would have left the old one in. Yeah. But ultimately, I wish WWE put her and Emma back together as a tag team, and I wish that they were tag team champions. Mm-hmm. Maximum male models both got released, uh, and I think Mansoor and Masse were handed a gimmick that nobody thought would work, and they tried their best to do things to make it work, and they were both very entertaining. Yeah. So I think they will, no doubt, I think they're gonna they're gonna still continue and, and shine on the independence. You think that they they'll up. you think that they'll still be together? I don't know if they'll necessarily be booked together on like dates every single time. Yeah. But I, I do think you'd you'd a hundred percent want to bring both of them in together. I mean Mace Marseille, I mean he was really good with NXT even before that g- entire gimmick. He had liked, a lot of promise. And I then liked they him just on commentary. Mon- Montour, a too. People, a lot of people liked him on commentary. I liked him there. I thought he yeah, went I face thought he to was face really with good. Brock Lesnar, stood over Brock Lesnar, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're you're correct. 
Um, You're correct. Shanky also got released. We have not seen him in quite some time. Uh, Shanky, the dancing superstar. I saw uh, Brett Lauderdale say, I need Shanky for spring break, and I thought that was... That makes could, sense. 100% that makes sense. I could see Shanky actually going over on the independent stuff, especially, like, I could see Shanky do something with, like, GCW or something like that, you know? Yeah, that that would make sense. I could see that. Daba Kato got released. He was recently on NXT. Yeah, I, Daba Kato just, he just made his return, you know? It's yeah another, another wrestler that I just didn't, I don't know, I didn't understand that they didn't understand what they were doing and what they had. I mean, the guy is gigantic and they're having him pretty much put over Reggie. Not pretty much. They're having him put over Reggie, billing him as a monster. I didn't get it. Unfortunate. Um, Daniel MacArthur is one of the names. He was, uh, one of the next in line signees, a four time NCAA all American. Mm-hmm. And uh, an ACC track and field champion holds the indoor and outdoor shot put records at UNC. Kevin Ventura Cortez, who I, I really I'm not familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, Ulisa Leone. I wish her and Valentina Ferois were champions in NXT on the main roster. Hey. Yeah. And I'm so, very, very unfortunate. unfortunate. Um, I, these two other names say Alexis Gray and Lexini. Mm-hmm. I don't know who they are. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with them, but you know, still just very unfortunate. You know? Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And just hopefully everybody gets back on their feet and. I think Matt Cardona really put out the best advice. And I really, I feel like he should kind of teach a class. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Like he is, he took his release and turned it into this huge like empire at this point. Yeah. And I think, and he wrote, he literally said to those who were just released, this can be the end of your career or it can be the beginning. Look at yourself in the mirror and decide. I promise you the work and the money is out there. It's not easy. It's a grind. It's a hustle. It's frustrating. But it also can be incredibly rewarding in more ways than one if you work your ass off. Yeah, I'm going to add to that that Steph Steph DeLander had very similar things saying getting released by WWE can be the best thing or the worst thing to happen to your career. The choice is yours, and my success proves that. I think that her and Cardona, they totally nailed it. You know, it really is. I mean, both of them are at the. I think they are at the top of the independents right now. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. They've been taking the independents by storm, and you know, I I. It really is in the hands of those people that got released. How are you going to react to this? Are you going to? put out a YouTube series? Are you going to go just book yourself on independence every single weekend? Are you going to do a podcast? Like, how are you now going to market yourself and get yourself out there without relying on somebody else? Don't do a podcast. <laughs> Unless you want to be a host of ours. I mean, yeah. 
But that's unfortunately all the the releases. But we had wrestling this week. Yes. We had Monday Night Raw. Mm, Monday Night Nitro. It opened up with Cody Rhodes, who went to bring up Jey Uso, but got interrupted by Dominic. Rhea Ripley was not there due to Nia Jax, but I and think they... she was in Australia. Um, I'm not 100% sure. But uh, Cody, I thought was really funny. He said he gets an Urkel and Laura Winslow vibe from him and Rhea. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny. Um, nah. But he also said that it seems like Rhea Ripley has eyes for Jay instead of Dominic now. Dominic refuted that and said that once Jay joins, he'll know what it's like to have a family again. Finn Balor, Damian Priest showed up afterwards to to be ringside for Dominic's match. First match we saw was Cody picking up the victory over Dominic. Dragon Lee was in the crowd. He'll be facing Dominic on Monday Night Raw Mm. in two weeks. Or not two weeks, next week for the championship. So, I thought that was cool. Maybe that was writing on the the wall. Yeah. I don't understand. On NXT, Mustafa Ali cut a promo, like, basically saying, what the hell? I'm number one contender. I have the match at... No mercy, what the hell? Mm-hmm. So that's unfortunate. But they they also, uh, Dragon Lee had a quick segment later on with Dominic, with Adam Pierce just to hype up Raw next week. So I think that's pretty cool. And it's, uh, I think uh, it was an interesting move to have him there. Mm-hmm. The match itself, pretty quick. This was maybe two minutes. It was a Cody cutter. It was crossroads. That was really it. Yeah, that was really the... The most of it, you know. The Judgment Day got up on the apron afterwards. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn ran down to back Cody up. Kevin Owens called Cody Rhodes back to the ring to talk about Jey Uso. And he asked why. Why would you bring Jey Uso to Monday Night Raw? And Cody brought up second chances. Sami Zayn also brought up second chances and how it led to them winning the tag team championships at WrestleMania. And Kevin was just like, I just, I just can't trust Jey Uso, but I hope, for, I hope you're both right. Mm-hmm. Jay was interviewed later on, and Jackie Redman brought up Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre not being fans of his, and Damian Priest wanted to speak to Jey Uso alone, and he told him that the Judgment Day also want Jimmy, but he's pushing for Jay. He also said that he doesn't want Jay to make him look bad in front of this in, in front of his family. And he needs an answer by the end of the night. Which Kevin Owens yelled at Jay Uso over. And and they ended up, I think both Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn ended up leaving from that. I think so. After yeah. that, we saw Kofi Kingston pick up the victory over Ivar. I mean, I'm uh, not which yeah, they were apparently advertising a two out of three falls match with the two teams, mm-hmm. but Eric is injured, and I don't remember actually seeing them advertising that. But I don't even remember when did he get injured. Yeah, I have no idea. I but, didn't even uh, know that. Did you just say you weren't a fan of this though? No, no, no. I, I, I wasn't. I mean, I'm not a fan of Ivar losing. Oh, yeah, but that's just me well, being a mark for them well they had 
they had a killer match. They did. I like that splash from the apron that Ivar did to the outside. Mm-hmm. The at one point he went to the second rope, and Valhalla had him go to the top rope instead. And I'm like, now why why is he getting distracted here by Valhalla? And instead of being distracted, he was distracted. But instead of like the typical outcome of that, he actually hit the moonsault from the top rope, and I wasn't expecting that. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. And then Kofi kicked out of that. Also wasn't expecting that. I and don't, like, that's the thing. I don't think that he should have kicked out of those moves. I, like, the I, high man, impact coming from to, Ivar. You had to make Kofi Kingston look like they could potentially beat Viking Raiders. Mm-hmm. And Kofi was able to come back. He hit trouble in paradise and picked up the victory. Yeah. Next up, you had Nakamura pick up the victory over Ricochet, but it was by DQ. Yeah, we had Seth Rollins, even before the match, Seth Rollins came out and tried to brawl with Nakamura, and it was broken up, and the match started, and I thought this was another good match. Yeah. Ricochet ended up getting a second win to give Nakamura a bit of a challenge, but he ends up using a steel chair. And costing himself the victory. Nakamura apparently, I mean, I guess Nakamura was going to use the chair. And Ricochet got it and used it instead. And then he argued with the referee as if he was like right to, like he had the right to use it. I didn't get that part. But when Nakamura, uh, when Ricochet was arguing with the referee, Nakamura ends up picking his leg and and uh, beating the, the hell out of Ricochet. Working really working on his leg, even smashing it against the post with the chair and everything. And Seth Rollins ran back out. They brawled. Nakamura ended up dumping Seth Rollins on the commentary table, right on his back. That's a big part yeah. of the storyline. Huge. Then, I mean, this is Nakamura has been targeting the back. He's been playing up the back. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if this is going to end up Nakamura as potential champion. Or dethroning Rollins at some point. There's definitely a possibility with that. But Seth Rollins was interviewed later on. He was obviously furious. And he said that he's willing to do whatever it takes to get Nakamura in the ring. And he he said he's going to let Nakamura pick whenever he wants. And questioned if Nakamura will be the one to define his legacy. Or if, if Seth Rollins will be the one to do that. Yeah. So... We'll see something, probably a match set up soon for Fastlane, I assume. Yeah, I would assume that it's probably going to be Fastlane. Next up, you had Chelsea Green and Piper Niven pick up the victory over Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark. Back-to-back DQs? Not a fan of back-to-back DQs. Yeah. Also, I think it would have been nice to see Shayna Baszler in uh, like dominant singles competition, but I think... With the division the way it is, it makes sense for her and Zoe to become a team. With especially uh, since they yeah. had that mutual respect throughout, I guess, with their feud. I mean, my whole thing is that I, I don't like Shayna going into the tag team right now. Right. I mean, uh, I, I, I'd say this. I also I think she would have been great in the Piper spot also with oh, Chelsea. Yeah. yeah, I agree. 
But Nia Jax showed up and she attacked Piper Niven. She took out Zoe Stark. She took out Chelsea Green. She took out Shayna Baszler. I liked Michael Cole mentioning that her and and uh, Shayna Baszler were tag team champions and Shayna broke Nia's arm. Mm-hmm. Really, that was like the end of Nia in WWE. Yeah. But now we really don't know why Nia Jax is back because she's going after everyone. It doesn't matter if you're Rhea Ripley. It doesn't matter if you're Chelsea Green, Piper Niven, Shayna Baszler. Yeah, she's Everyone. just coming after you. We saw backstage Adam Pierce and Chad Gable. Also, Nia Jax is still, I don't think she's getting a fair run from the fans. I Same boat as Dana Brooke. You yeah. know, the, fan, the fans just won't forget and they're not going to lay off her. But we had a backstage segment with Adam Pierce and Chad Gable. Chad wants another shot at Gunter, and Adam Pierce basically said back of the line. Bronson Reed interrupted and said that he wants to beat uh, Gunter, I think. So it sets up a match. Bronson Reed picks up the victory. Another good match. Yeah. This I thought, match was awesome. I thought Gable would have won, but Bronson Reed definitely needed this victory. Yeah. I liked. When Gable got his knees up to block the senton, that even though he got his knees up and blocked it, it still gave him damage and hurt him in the long run. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a cool aspect of the match. Yeah. After that, we saw Becky Lynch issue an open challenge. The news sites reported that it was supposed to be Tegan Knox originally, who Becky Lynch handpicked. And for some reason, 10 minutes beforehand, that didn't happen. So that sucks. Yeah, it makes you... I mean, I, I don't understand why they did that. But Becky Lynch cut a promo saying that she wants to defend the title and test herself against the future. Natty interrupted and Becky Lynch is like, I said someone from the future. And Natalia went off on her. And she called Becky Lynch a hypocrite, bringing up like, you went to NXT. You took the title from the future. Mm-hmm. Michael Cole also in this segment brought up Becky Lynch's title reigns and said world title reigns are seven if you include NXT, which is something they've not done with Charlotte. So Charlotte maybe is back to being a 16-time champion in WWE. Hmm. Probably not, but yeah. I would hope so. I want that. To, I want NXT included there. I agree with you. I think NXT should definitely be included in that there's no reason why it shouldn't but becky lynch picked up the victory over natalia to retain and i wish that this match had more in it i i don't know if anything's gonna happen because of the loss from natalia Mm -hmm. like maybe she'll be down in the dumps again or something like that i'm not 100 percent sure but hopefully we do get more nxt matches even if it's on monday night raw Mm-hmm. Hopefully we do get more competitors like Tegan Knox. Yeah. I, I want to see matches like that that we haven't seen with Becky Lynch really. Yeah, hopefully over time we'll we'll get a chance to see all of that. Earlier in the night we saw Tommaso Ciampa cut a promo saying that he was playing the long game and he's waited a long time and now he wants Gunter. He wants the Intercontinental Championship and it sets up a match with Ciampa versus Giovanni Vinci which I could have done with a longer match from them. Mm -hmm. Apparently the ratings said otherwise. 
This, yeah. this they said was the the lowest watched match in Raw history or something like that. No way. Something like that. I find that hard to believe. I have no idea, Un- but unless there was like, but there was Monday Night Monday Football. Night football. I think. Yeah, so Raw is going to be completely crushed. I think this this whole yeah. So I I wouldn't see. There's so many asterisks next to this where it's like, yeah, but look at what else was on TV. But Tommaso Ciampa made Vinci tap out and Kaiser was pissed. Kaiser, he didn't really take the role of Gunther there, but he was pissed off at that. Mm-hmm. And then in the main event of Monday Night Raw, we saw Jay Uso pick up the victory over Drew McIntyre. And the story still with Drew McIntyre is that he's not satisfied with how his championship reign went in that COVID era. And we saw the Judgment Day come out during this, and when he went for the Claymore, Dominic jumped up to distract him, and Jey Uso ends up hitting um, Drew with the, the super kick. And then the Judgment Day hyped up Jey Uso, gave him like a pep talk, Jay ends up hitting all of them with super. Yeah, kicks. it was definitely unexpected to see all of them start jumping onto the the apron and start to really try to give him that boost. Yeah, but McIntyre capitalized that on that and hit that claymore. I would say out of nowhere and picked up the victory. And after the match, the Judgment Day surrounded Jay Uso. Sami Zayn's gone. Kevin Owens is gone. They all jump. Jay Uso and Drew McIntyre saw it and he yeah. walked away at first. He stopped he, he, and he did that look back. And when he turned, when he literally turned away from that, my jaw dropped. I was not expecting him to turn his back on Jay Uso. I don't have that happen to me often, but my jaw yeah. literally dropped because I thought this was going to be him earning Jay's trust. Because he saw him take out the Judgment Day. I thought he was going to go back and help Jay and and defend Jay from the Judgment Day. But that didn't happen. And Cody Rhodes ended up running down to make the save. Yeah. But that was, I thought that was crazy. I, I thought it was definitely a shock. And I think it's a strong point for Cody Rhodes to be in that save position. I mean, I like the fact that Cody Rhodes, I don't even think Cody looked at Drew McIntyre. I think Cody just had his eyes on the ring. Right? I don't even think he he paid any attention to Drew McIntyre. But that that's uh I was my my jaw was on the floor. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. That's Monday Night Raw gonna move over to NXT, which opened up with Becky Lynch cutting a promo uh where she named some of the women from NXT in rhyming form as to who she might be challenging. Yes, let's discuss. I didn't realize so many people were going to be bothered by this. So I liked, I liked this promo because it, a, first of all, that's Becky Lynch, like bone, like the, the bare bones of Becky Lynch. What? Bone crunch series. No, the, like the very core of Becky Lynch, she was doing all those puns and stuff. So that's That's true. Not to say these are puns, but that's Becky Lynch to me. They were but it reminded me of superstar Billy Graham mixed with Lanny Poffo. I mean, I definitely see what you're talking about with um, Graham and Poffo. I 
so I'm I guess I'm in between. I'm not hate. I'm not, I don't hate it, but I think that I would have rather just had a straight promo instead of a rhyming promo. I really think though, if she was an actual man, that people wouldn't have been so up in arms over this. Uh huh. So. I think it's kind of ironic that her nickname there is the man. It kind of ties to at least me thinking that's the fans think like thought process. It kind of ties to the, the song, the man by Taylor Swift. Okay. So I, I thought this was a good promo. The internet did not like this. I mean, Taylor Swift is a pretty big shoes to be filling. Yeah. But Becky Lynch put Tiffany Stratton over, kind of, and said that she'll get her rematch whenever she wants. And Tiffany Stratton came out. She wants the rematch at no mercy. It came to blows, but Kiana James was there. And she helped Tiffany Stratton out. Becky Lynch fought both of them off, and they escaped, but... We saw right after that, I think, Becky Lynch interrupted Ilya Dragunov who was cutting a promo just to lay out a challenge to Kiana James and, and Tiffany Stratton in a two-on-one match. Yeah, she just got, like, right in there, too, you know? So I liked that interaction between her and Ilya Dragunov. Yeah. We saw the family where they were just going through pictures of NXT tag teams to see who they'll be facing next. Mm-hmm. And later on, we saw scripts with Bronco and Price. I accidentally called them the same name. Bronco and Nima Uh, but they were in a segment where they were like I guess scamming people out of money on the street they were uh, hustling Mm -hmm. is what they were saying but I don't think we've seen enough from them on this roster in the right direction yet Mm -hmm. like we because I just feel like we need to see more from them and we we haven't had that opportunity yet but they're going to be facing Hank and Tank to see who's going to be facing the family and I feel like it's it's got to be them. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be them to move forward, you know? After that, we saw Butch pick up the victory over Tyler Bate to win Group A of that Global Heritage Invitational. I mean, this match, what? This was like a 20-minute match, it seemed. They almost they went almost to a draw. Well, it can't be 20. <laughs> 12-minute time limit. Uh, 12. So this match, it felt like it was 20. I do, I do remember <laughs> that they went to that... The, they had the loudspeaker where they did the announcement of, like, it's coming down to the wire. Yeah, well, they, they basically went to that limit. They had, like, 15 seconds left. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I definitely expected Tyler Bate to win this, but this was just a great match. Mm-hmm. Metaphor, by the way. They looked on with, uh, they were dressed like the Matrix. Noam Dar cut a promo where he changed his voice. People were comparing it to Damian Priest, and it was very similar to Damian Priest. And that literally blew my mind. That voice that he did blew my mind. Mm-hmm. We saw Thea Hale and JC Jane go shopping, where JC, I guess, picked out clothing for her, and we're going to get the new and improved Thea Hale next week. Uh huh. But we saw Duke Hudson pick up the victory over Joe Coffey to tie Group B in the Invitational. This, I thought, was another good match. The ending, for me, was abrupt. But Nathan Fraser was happy to have this outcome because he still had life in the tournament. 
and he was informed that the triple threat tiebreaker is not happening next week, but it's going to be happening later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I might as well just speak about that now. We saw yeah, Joe Coffey pick up the victory over Nathan Fraser and Duke Hudson to win Group B. They got rid of the 12-minute time limit for it. I feel like they could have kept it and said, like, oh, because there's a triple threat, we're, we'll do 20 minutes. Maybe. But overall, I thought it was a fun match. Um, that German suplex that Duke Hudson did to Nathan Fraser, I thought was so dope. He hopped over the ropes and then hit it. The spiking Hurricane Rana from Nathan Fraser to Duke Hudson, I thought was nice. But Joe Coffey tossed Nathan Fraser out of the ring. He hit that discus clothesline and basically stole the victory. And I was very surprised by Joe Coffey getting that victory. Yeah, it definitely was a surprise to me as well. I didn't so expect it. Next week, we're going to see Group A versus Group B, Butch versus Joe Coffey. And that, I, mean, I think, should be a dope match. I think that Butch is going to overcome it. I I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm so torn with who is going on to face Noam Dar. I feel like it has to be Butch. I feel like it has to be Butch as well. You know? But I could definitely see it being somebody like Duke Hudson, too. No, it's either Pete or Joe. Uh, yeah, Joe. <laughs> Butch Peter or Joe Coffey. Oh, yeah, Joe. Yeah, I see more so Butch in that position then. You know, uh, 100%. The match after that, we saw Roxanne Perez pick up the victory over Lola Vice, which I believe was Vice's first solo match on television. And I think she looked good in this. There were some like weird moments, but overall, I think she did very well. Mm-hmm. And the fans were behind her, split obviously between Roxanne and Lola. But I thought she looked very good in that match. Roxanne Perez reversed a submission attempt, which was already a reversal of Pop Rocks. And basically got the, the victory there. Nah. Roxanne Perez afterwards had a segment with Becky Lynch where she offered to help in the main event and Becky Lynch turned her down. She appreciated it, but she's like, you're a bit beat up right now. I think I can go out there myself and do it, which is kind of like a slap in the face. Yeah. But but really, ultimately, she was telling her to heal up. I, yeah. We I saw Eddie that. Thorpe go out to the tree that Jack whipped. And finally challenged him to a strap match. But I think it's happening next week instead of the premium live event. I don't recall. I'm almost certain it's on next week's show instead of No Mercy. It was a good promo. Yeah. You know? And I got the outcome I wanted for weeks. Yeah. That's true. But next up, Dominic. yeah, we, we saw Dominic speak to Trick Williams earlier and he spoke about Trick being in Carmelo's shadow and I thought he was going to offer Trick a spot in the Judgment Day, but that didn't happen. It was just really just planting doubt into Trick's head. And yeah, which makes sense because match. Dominic uh, is that sort of a person, but yeah. Going into that match, Dominic picked up the victory over Carmelo Hayes. But, DQ, DQ finish. This was uh, 
first of all, Ilya Dragunov was on commentary for this. I think they had a, a pretty decent match, though. And Carmelo Hayes ended up throwing Dominic into Ilya Dragunov by mistake. He was reversing Dominic, so like he really didn't see that Ilya was where he was throwing him. But then Dominic ends up dropping Carmelo Hayes into Dragunov, which was 100% on purpose. Dominic got into Ilya Dragunov's face and slapped him, which was beyond ballsy. Yeah. I think that was like the craziest thing on on NXT. I would never have ever expected a slap from Dominic to Dragunov, but... I mean... Fantastic. Yeah. And that led to Ilya Dragunov snapping and attacking Dominic. I was a big fan of this. And, I mean, Dragunov totally creamed him. You know? Yeah, and then Dominic ended up pulling Carmelo into Dragunov's way. So, Hayes got knocked down. And then Dragon Lee made his way out and stood tall over Dominic. So, that just further pushes... The match on Monday Night Raw. Nah. Joe Gacy and Ava spoke to Trick after this. And they tried to recruit him for schism. Trick turned them down. And I feel like that also plants seeds of doubt into his head. Mm Mm-hmm. Nah. And then later on, like I said earlier, that, that promo from Mustafa Ali aired. Which is now like so... Like, just wild. We had Briggs and Jensen backstage where Briggs was blaming Fallon, basically, for what Miles Bourne did last week. And Baron Corbin walked in to yell at them about yelling. And he told them to get over it, told them to shut up. And Briggs stepped up to Corbin and made fun of what happened with him last week with Braun Breaker. So that sets up Briggs versus Baron Corbin for next week. Yeah, that was a nice little uh, setup. And then in the main event, what we thought was supposed to be Becky Lynch versus Tiffany Stratton and Kiana James turned into Becky Lynch and Lyra Valkyria picking up the victory over them. Tiffany Stratton and Kiana James, they they attacked Becky Lynch during her entrance. I was a fan of that. Lyra I, I, made the save, and I sh- I was so I felt so stupid when Lyra came out. Why? Because I didn't even think of her as an option as to who could save Becky Lynch in that scenario. Uh huh. It just makes like way too much sense for it to have been her. Yeah, I was a big fan of how they came out to attack Becky Lynch, though. Like I like that they came like right through the the smoke. Yeah, I thought it was really. And I thought spot. they they put on a good match. I would have liked to have seen. Some of Becky Lynch versus Stratton and James on on uh-huh. her own. But I think what I think is cool about this was that it was Lyra who got the victory. So I thought that was really cool. And I thought Vic Joseph on commentary here equating this to like Booker T being in the ring with guys like Ric Flair and Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. For someone like Lyra Valkyria to be in the ring with Becky Lynch, I thought that was cool because I guess people like us, we wouldn't necessarily like think that to put Becky Lynch on a level where it's like Flair or or Savage. 
Mm-hmm. But for some people, some people have only been watching for so long. And some people get into the, the industry because of Bailey, because of Charlotte, because of uh, Becky Lynch, and because of Sasha Banks. So I think that's pretty cool that Vic Joseph threw that in there to to elevate Becky Lynch, in my opinion. I could, yeah, I could totally see that. I think Becky Lynch is going to elevate everybody. But Tiffany Stratton ends up taking them out with a chair afterwards. And Becky Lynch changed the match at no mercy to an Extreme Rules match, which I think is going to be a huge test for Tiffany Stratton. I could see that. We just I think had that... when, uh, when Becky Lynch spoke about Bray Wyatt, how Bray Wyatt really ultimately taught her how to use that table. I, I wonder if this will be some sort of like passing of the torch with that. Hmm. That would be interesting. I didn't think about something like that. I do think that at some point Tiffany is going to dethrone Becky for the championship again. And I, yeah, I I'm know. I'm all for that. Do you think that Tiffany like, I don't gonna... want her to I don't want the, the reign to end at no mercy. I don't I don't think it should end at no mercy, especially I, I don't think it should end in a clean manner either just because of who Becky Lynch is. You yeah, know, but like, she hasn't been like cheating at all recently. What do you mean, who? Becky? Yeah, no, but that's the thing. I I don't want her I don't want Becky Lynch to lose the title or anything like that anytime soon or at least I don't want her to lose clean. Like if it's oh, okay. oh right okay like I don't want Becky You're saying from the other side where exactly Keanu James exactly could like get Becky involved. yeah like Becky Lynch is a main event main roster wrestler WrestleMania had moments all of that huge accolades I don't think that she should be losing the championship within a one a month or two or three that quickly the only way I could see it with a transition that manner would be if like Tiffany Stratton or Keanu James or whoever is cheats to win. Like maybe Tiffany Stratton pins Becky, but Keanu James is holding down her, her ankles or something like that. Like some sort of a maneuver, but I definitely think, I mean, on the other hand, extreme rules match, I feel like would be legal. Yeah. But do you think that it would happen that quickly? uh, I, I, I just, I really hope not. I mean, on the other hand, do we see Tiffany Stratton going? I mean, there was a rumor of her going up to the main roster. Yeah, I didn't see those rumors. No, I thought I saw those floating around. Like maybe that's two... very a hundred percent very possible. But I, I feel like I saw that like before Becky Lynch went to uh, NXT and everything. I started to see. Oh, it was back when Tiffany Stratton appeared on television for WWE. Well, uh, Raw. And then there, like she did that interview where she's like, "Oh, I don't want to go to the main roster yet." <laughs> No, no, that was... Or after the, that. Th- that interview was much earlier. That interview was like a few months ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I'm interested. I think that it's going to be great to see what happens with Becky Lynch, the NXT uh, Women's Division, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and that's NXT moving over to SmackDown. Before the show actually started, it was announced that Matt Riddle was released from WWE. Uh, Ikeman Jura was as well. Matt Riddle was uh, unexpected, I guess. So oh, hopefully now the the releases are done. But SmackDown opened up with John Cena, and he said that since coming back to WWE, he has been able to do so many different things, and 
all I, I not all he wants to do. The only thing he has not been able to do yet is wrestle. And he wants a, a match on SmackDown. He brought out AJ Styles, who he wanted to team up with to face the Bloodline. The Bloodline came out and Jimmy backed up laughing and said no. And then John Cena pitched it to Adam Pierce, And Adam Pierce was like, things get complicated when you're dealing with the Bloodline. I have to go speak to Paul Heyman. He spoke to Paul Heyman. It gets turned into a contract signing for a match at Fastlane, which Jimmy agreed to before they spoke to Roman Reigns about it. And Paul Heyman again warned Jimmy. He goes, we have to speak to Paul Heyman. Uh, We have to speak to Roman Reigns first. So I'll put a pin in that right now. The first match of SmackDown saw the LWO pick up the victory over the Street Profits. Rey Mysterio's gear I thought was really dope. I liked the hot tag counter. Spot with Rey Mysterio and Montez Ford. And then I liked how Rey Mysterio countered the counter. The sky high that Angelo Dawkins hit was freaking absolutely amazing. And then Bobby Lashley ends up hitting a spine buster on Rey Mysterio to the apron behind the referee's back. And Dawkins kind of looked conflicted there. And he picked Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio up for a power bomb or something, and Rey rolled through it and scored the victory. I was expecting Street Profits to win there, but it was like Dawkins still had a little bit of his conscience. And Lashley yelled at Dawkins later on and said he wants everything back and he can go sit in catering if he's not going to be able to pull the trigger. And he'll go find somebody who can. So... I assume the conscience won't be there for much longer. After that, they aired a video uh, promo for the Unholy uh, Unholy Union. And I think it's nice to have this, to have Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. They've been off TV for what seems like weeks. So it was good to have them included on this episode. And they spoke about all the teams being cursed, perhaps. Maybe they're under a spell. Fall starts this weekend, so I think it's fit. It's fitting for this season. We saw EO Sky retain the Women's Championship by defeating Asuka. They aired a video package beforehand. That was nice. Charlotte showed up, though, right before the bell rang. And I think a match like this should have been on a bigger stage. But I enjoyed this match. I thought it was hilarious when Bailey was blowing into Asuka's face to try and distract her. But Bailey ends up putting Io's leg on the rope, getting the referee's attention to cause the break. Charlotte, who was out there ringside, ends up popping Bailey in the face. So Io still retained, but again, I really feel like this should have been on a bigger stage. They aired a video package for Elton Prince's shoulder injury which I thought was really funny. They had an Olivia Rodrigo mention right after mentioning uh, Taylor Swift, who had performed at Optus Stadium in Perth, Australia. But I think that uh, the whole shoulder injury thing, they had an Olympic doctor and everything. I thought that was really funny. Um, Earlier in the night, though, they aired something with The Rock to just recap from last week. And Austin Theory interrupted that, and he was furious at Michael Cole. Furious. And he got backed up away. He got pulled away from, from security or whatever. Adam Pierce yelled at Austin Theory for doing that. But Butch and Ridge Holland were basically there to make fun of 
Austin Theory, and Adam Pearce set up a tag team match for the main event to SmackDown. And we saw Austin Theory and Grayson Waller pick up the victory over the Brawling Brutes. I thought this was good tag team action. Grayson Waller and Austin Theory, I think, definitely work well as a tag team together. I liked... Wow. <laughs> little Australian accent there. <laughs> I liked that pounce from Ridge Holland to Grayson Waller. I thought that was nice. And then the end of the match, we saw Ridge Holland have a Boston Crab locked in on Theory. And Waller rolled into the ring to hit his stunner and break that up. And then Theory hit the ATD to pick up the victory. And I thought that was a very nice finish. Michael Cole brought up the Tag Team Championship match on Monday Night Raw coming up between Judgment Day and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So maybe Austin Theory and Grayson Waller will have a, will have a shot at the tag titles. But SmackDown ends with the... Supposed to end with the contract signing for Fastlane. The Bloodline took AJ Styles out before he could make it to the ring. Solo ended up splashing him through some tables. AJ got carted off. Carl Anderson was very displeased with all of this. And he told John Cena that he's been telling AJ Styles not to get involved with the Bloodline. And now AJ Styles is leaving in an ambulance. So he's annoyed. The Bloodline go to the ring. And Solo tears apart the ring from the contract signing. Paul Heyman says that they have a contract, uh, a signed contract for a tag match at Fastlane, signed by John Cena, but there's no partner. Jimmy spoke, and John Cena ran down to the ring to take both of them on by himself. The bloodline took over. They tore him apart. Absolutely tore him apart. I thought someone would like run down to make the save. I don't know who it would have been to make that save, but I think the crowd thought The Rock was going to be there again. I could swear they were chanting Rocky. Not 100% sure, but I definitely wasn't expecting The Rock to run down, but I was expecting somebody. I just don't know who. And now with Jimmy and Solo both signing the contract, will AJ Styles make it back for Fastlane? I don't know. Uh, And I just, like I said before, I can't even imagine who would replace them as a tag team partner against the bloodline to have some sort of like big surprise tag team partner. I don't know who it would be. I have no idea, but that's SmackDown. I'm going to take a quick little break right now. And I'll be right back here on marking out. Hey guys, yours truly Alex Reynolds and you're listening to marking out. Welcome back ladies and gentlemen to marking out episode 659. Chris still unfortunately not with us, but I'm going to go back to AW Rampage from last week. We saw the Hardy Boys team up with the Lucha Brothers to defeat Triple J, the Butcher and the Blade. I don't know why this took place. I don't even remember if Lucha Bros are feuding with Triple J. I know that Penta wrestled Jay Lethal in that Grand Slam tournament. But does that set up an eight-man tag? I also know that Penta was part of a a match against Butcher and Blade and Kip recently, but I still don't think that sets up an eight-man tag. I don't get it, but Alex and Kip both got involved. Satnam Singh got involved. I think the best part of this match was Phoenix's gear. 
I don't get it. And then afterwards, the Righteous stood over the Hardy Boys randomly. And if you didn't see their promo on Rampage last month and you don't watch Ring of Honor, then who are the Righteous to people? If you're just casually tuning in, you how could you possibly be expected to know who they are? After that, we saw a QTV segment. They're all worried about whether or not QT Marshall is coming back. And now they have a luchador with them. I don't think this was necessary, but I'm sure QT Marshall will be back. I don't know when. We saw the Kingdom pick up the victory over Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel. I guess they've been teaming up since Ring of Honor, but I don't watch Ring of Honor, so I can't really speak on that. I think they were in a tag team battle royal recently on Rampage, but it's like so crazy to me that you have Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel, and both of them come off as afterthoughts in AEW. And I thought this match was decent, but it's just hard to get invested in something from Ring of Honor when I'm not watching Ring of Honor. I'm not watching the actual Ring of Honor show, so why get invested in actual Ring of Honor matches? But this show, I think, was like very indie booking-esque because it wasn't, it's just like not based on TV. The Kingdom cut a promo afterwards, I think challenging Adam Cole and MJF for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships, but I, I don't, like they didn't mention that further, I don't think, on Dynamite. But we saw the Mogul Embassy challenge the Elite to a match at Rampage Grand Slam. The Elite accepted that. I think the titles are on the line. I'm not 100% sure. We saw the Acclaimed pick up the victory over Peter Avalon and the Outrunners, which was mainly nothing. I think a chunk of it had the Acclaimed cheating for some reason in front of the referee's face. We saw Dark Order come out afterwards and challenge the Acclaimed for the tag titles. Uh, which John Silver did by quoting Taylor Swift, so I think that's always a, a great thing to see. But Evil Uno was beyond furious and called the acclaimed, basically called them cookie cutters. So I'm, I'm, I was looking forward to seeing uh, the acclaimed versus Dark Order. Whenever that happens, I'm not sure when it happens. Aussie Open picked up the victory over Damian Chambers and Lord Crew, which was a super short match, maybe a minute long, maybe a little bit over a minute. Nothing to speak on further with that. The main event, though, saw Chris Statlander pick up the victory over Jade Cargill to retain the TBS championship. And I think it was nice to see Chris Statlander and Jade Cargill go back and forth to show off their strength. Because both of them in in different ways are billed as strong. And it was pretty hard hitting at times, which was, I think, good. We saw Smart Mark Sterling get involved and Jade ends up yelling at him. And he ends up pushing her out of the way of Chris Statlander. And Jade was able to get the upper hand for like, I mean, not a long time. Statlander had a quick comeback from that. And she picks up the victory. And then Jade showed her respect afterwards. So that, I guess, I mean, they took her profile off AEW's website. 
the writing seems to be on the wall that Jade Cargill is 100% going to a uh, WWE. If she's leaving AEW, I found that weird that they did this match. I guess they just wanted something like a, a I don't know if I don't even want to call it passing of the torch because it's certainly not. To me, I think Statlanders is like miles above Jade Cargill in ring wise, but star power wise, maybe it was one of those passing of the torch things. I don't I don't really know why they would have done that if she was leaving the company, but. Moving on to AEW Collision, it opened with Ricky Starks and Big Bill picking up the victory over the Blackpool Combat Club with uh, Brian Danielson and Claudio. I think it was cool to see them team up together. And I thought this was a good match, a very good opening contest. People pointed out on Twitter that Ricky Starks hit his pose during the swing, which I think is funny. I didn't notice it when it was going on. But I will say this was a, a surprising outcome. Even if the ending was a little bit goofy with Ricky Starks grabbing the referee and like the camera cuts outside and like the referee's focusing on stuff not happening in the ring. Like maybe he missed his cue or something and Ricky Starks was telling him like turn away so like he could hit the low blow. Take that out of it. I think the match was good. I I just thought it was a, a surprising match even with how long the match was I was expecting it to be shorter and I was expecting Blackpool Combat Club to win we had another Miro promo uh his match with Will Hobbs did not humble powerhouse Hobbs so he wants to have another match down down the line and then he yelled about Lana I just I don't like these promos and I just want Miro matches FTR picked up the victory over Iron Savages to retain. Uh, I wish this match got more time, but only because I'm a huge fan of the Iron Savages. But I think it was the right amount of time for how little they've been showcased on television. So, and I think even though he missed the the moonsault, uh, Tommy, I think that was a dope move. Uh, Boulder. The moonsault that Boulder hit. I I was a big fan of that, even though he missed. Uh, And that pretty much led to the end of the match. And afterwards, the the workhorsemen showed up, I guess, to challenge FTR. And they got a who are you chant. Because why should anyone know who they are? Anthony Henry was last seen being squashed by Miro on television. And then J.D. Drake was last seen, I think, over a year ago in singles competition. So it's like, why should anybody know who they are if they're not being used on TV? They're not being showcased. We just had that on Rampage. Keith Lee was interviewed super goofy. They left a production thing beforehand, like counting him down and saying take 22. It was interrupted by Shane Taylor. And then uh, he introduced... Keith Lee to Lee Moriarty and Keith Lee's like, I know who that is, but he's, I guess, a new member of Shane Taylor Productions. So I assume that sets up a match between Keith Lee and maybe Lee Moriarty. I don't know. But then they had an interview later on with Ricky Starks and Big Bill. And many people think that they did production gimmicks, er like error stuff in this to cover up the Keith Lee one. 
I don't know if that's the case, but Ricky Starks ended up challenging Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson to a, uh, a goddamn Texas death match. And I really wish they would stop doing those in AEW because I feel like they're almost like at least once a month at this point. We saw John Silver pick up the victory over Anthony Bowens. The match was supposed to be evil Uno, but I think Twitter complained and Tony Khan replaced him with John Silver because of Twitter. I think. Either way, I think I would have been fine with seeing Evil Uno in this match, but I'm happier seeing John Silver versus Anthony Bowens because they're two people that I've seen literally wrestle for years. Bowens, since the start of his career, John Silver probably from right around the start of his career as well. So for me, when I see stuff like that, especially on TV, I think that's really cool. But Billy and and Max Caster got banned from ringside. And this was a match that I would have really liked to have seen on the independence. Ringside on the independence. This is a match that I would have liked to have seen like be 10 feet from the ring for. Uh, but we saw Evil Uno show up and he threw Anthony Bowens into a ring post, got back under the ring. They weren't banned from ringside, so I don't know why he had to hide from the referee. But good match. After that, Aussie Open picked up the victory over PB Smooth and Wes Barkley. And the only thing worth noting from this is that Aussie Open, they cut a really bad promo, but they challenged FTR to a match for the tag team titles at Wrestle Dream. Uh, the smaller guy, I don't know what his name is, but he kept saying championships instead of championships, and I thought that was, like, super weird. That was, like, ugh, was grossing me out, kind of. I, don't, I can't explain that. But uh, I do think it's cool that Wrestle Dream is exactly one year from when they last faced FTR. So I think that's a cool little fact. After that, they did Tony Storm Portrait of a Star, which was an interview segment with RJ City. And I think this should have been done so many weeks ago. For so many weeks at, at, at this point. I thought this was great. I think, well, a majority of it I thought was great. So I would like to see more and more of these. Uh, not to skip ahead, but I, I feel like they missed the boat for Dynamite this week. Uh, after that, we saw Andrade pick up the victory over Scorpio Sky. And I was surprised to see this match pop up because it seemed like if you see these two competitors, it's like the battle of who's been off TV longer. I think Scorpio Sky's been injured. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know if he's been cleared or what or how long he's been cleared. Obviously, he's cleared. He was in the match. But uh, up until that point, uh, I thought, or, or at the start of the match, I completely forgot Andrade was face. And I thought Scorpio Sky was a face, but he was kind of cheating in this match. I think it was a good match regardless. And Andrade ends up winning with the figure eight. He shook hands with Scorpio Sky afterwards, which was even more confusing because Sky was, to me, cheating, doing some shady things in that match. But Bullet Club Gold came out and Jay White mentioned that he saw Andrade watching his boys last week, which um, I thought 
Jay White's promo was kind of funny. He gave everybody nicknames except for Austin Gunn. But it led to Jay White challenging Andrade. That's a match for Rampage this week. That should be cool to watch. Shibata had a backstage promo where he had his phone talk for him. He's coming to Wrestle Dream. I don't know. We don't know who he's going to be facing. I thought we were going to find out uh, on Dynamite. But no, I guess maybe on Collision that would make more sense. We saw the Righteous pick up the victory over the Hardy Boys, which... Uh, like a lot of matches on Rampage and Collision this week, they involve Ring of Honor. Something that I believe Tony Khan said he wasn't going to be doing, but it, this this episode was very, even up on Dynamite, this was a very heavily uh, focused Ring of Honor show. But now it just seems like random matches being thrown together on television. They did show a clip from a battle royal where they eliminated Matt Hardy. They showed the thing from Rampage that they did, but again, it's like and like there's no disrespect to the righteous. I'm a huge fan of the righteous, but it's like there's almost no reason for as to why anyone should know that. If you're not sitting there watching Ring of Honor television every week, there's no like hype behind them. They like for somebody just tuning in and you see the video package. Oh, they're two people who stood over the Hardy boys. And that's why they're there. So, but it was very surprising to see the Hardy boys lose. Cause we basically had like a greatest hits match for the Hardys. And then, which anybody could have been in that scenario against them but the righteous picked up that victory maybe it's a start of something big for them being built up in AEW they got a promo afterwards and they spoke about uh Adam Cole and MJF and I ultimately I just think it's too bad that we didn't get to see them in WWE with Bray Wyatt because this was kind of reminiscent of like a Bray Wyatt-esque character And I think both of them would have fit in very, very well with Bray Wyatt. So that's very unfortunate. The main event of Collision saw Chris Statlander pick up the victory over Britt Baker to retain the TBS championship. And I can confidently say that I think this was Britt Baker's best match in months. And definitely a match that Chris Statlander needed to win. But towards the end, it seemed like Britt Baker could have actually won this match. I don't think it felt like a main event to me, but I think it was the best match on Collision. So in that sense, it's like, I think the best match should feel like the main event, but it really didn't feel like the main event. But very, very good match between the two of them. My DVR cut off before the match ended. So, and I set it for a two-minute overrun. So, I didn't have a clue as to how Chris Statlander actually came back. Somebody on Twitter tweeted us and said that she rolled her through, and that's how she won. So, good victory for Chris Statlander. Moving over to AEW Grand Slam at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Dynamite. 
It opened up, I swear to God, I was like, it's 100% opening with John Moxley. But it opened up with Eddie Kingston actually picking up the victory over Claudio to become the new Ring of Honor World Champion. He retains the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship. This match had a lot of outside-the-ring fighting. And they kept saying this was like 12 years in the making. They did uh, this match, I think, in March for Ring of Honor. Leading up to this, Eddie, I think, even referenced it. Eddie's got like so many less victories, I think they said, over Claudio. So I don't really consider something like that 12 years in the making. But I think it was like a typical match from both of them. The crowd was super into it. They were super behind Eddie Kingston. It's New York. Why wouldn't they be? Uh, And I was hoping for Claudio to win this. And I thought Claudio was going to win it. I completely forgot that Tony Khan likes doing the hometown victory. So I can't be super surprised that Eddie won. But they shook hands afterwards. So that should end this feud. And hopefully it is the end of that feud. They shook hands. It has to be the end of the feud. Has to. We saw the kingdom bedside with Roderick Strong at the hospital. With uh, Adam Cole actually was there. He showed up. Roddy called out for him. Adam Cole was there. Uh, And then Roderick Strong was only annoyed that Adam Cole had to leave. He wasn't annoyed that the kingdom had to. But Adam Cole had to go to Dynamite. Later on, there was a thing where Roderick Strong, I guess, needed him. And Adam Cole went back to the hospital. But the first match of the night, uh, not the first match, the second match of the night, I mean, Chris Jericho picked up the victory over Sammy Guevara. Sammy came out in a light-up vest like Chris Jericho. He had trunks like Jericho's WrestleMania 19 tights. They mentioned Shawn Michaels and the match at WrestleMania 19 against Chris Jericho. But this, uh, and also somebody wrapped him to the ring. I, I couldn't, I didn't see, I couldn't catch the, the name who it was. But there was more outside of the ring fighting in this. I liked Sammy using the code breaker because the whole match to me felt like it was Sammy's tribute to Chris Jericho. Sammy ends up hitting Chris Jericho with a cutter from the top rope. I thought it was going to be a Spanish fly. Maybe that should have been like, more of an ender of the match perhaps but Sammy hit the the GTH and went to the top rope for a shooting star press but Jericho reversed that with the his own code breaker and I thought for sure Sammy was winning this I don't think Chris Jericho needed this win but I understand why the outcome was the outcome I hated that they did that WrestleMania 19 thing afterwards where they hugged and then Sammy ends up low-blowing Chris Jericho. I hate when they do stuff like that, but I understand everything that they did there. You have Don Callis come out. He whispered in Sammy's ear. Then they left together. And Don Callis said later on that all will be revealed on Rampage Daniel Garcia looked at Sammy and Sammy like blew up at him. But Don Callis stopped him from doing anything because Don Callis thinks that Daniel Garcia is money. 
So maybe we will see Daniel Garcia eventually give in. We saw Phoenix pick up the victory over John Moxley to become the new international champion. They fought outside the ring before the bell. They fought outside the ring during the match. So we're three for three with outside the ring fighting. But John Moxley at one point hit a curb stomp. The crowd sang Seth Rollins theme song. I thought that was fun. We saw Phoenix hit his finisher. And the referee just stopped counting. And the crowd obviously didn't see John Moxley move. The crowd started booing. So Phoenix picked up Moxley again and hit him with the same finisher and ended the match, won the match. People thought John Moxley might have been paralyzed at that moment. And in the next segment, commentary said that he walked out on his own. So then it was reported that he was dealing with a concussion. And he went to the hospital for it, I think. So that's very, very unfortunate. I don't know if he was supposed to lose the title. I think it sucks that there's, if if he was, they're just hot potatoing it again. I hate that hot potato. It does nothing for a title. And ultimately, I just hope John Moxley's okay. And maybe Rick Knox should be fired. Because that was a a terrible spot. Just count the three. After that, we saw Soraya pick up the victory over Tony Storm to retain the championship. Tony had an entrance with the portrait of a star. And I thought when they were doing that, we were getting another segment. I think it would have been better if we got that segment and then her entrance. Because I don't, I don't fully think the special effects, the black and white entrance worked for me at least. I know Twitter like liked it, but for me, I think the music worked. The black and white like villains effect to me doesn't work. We saw Ruby get involved in this. We saw more fighting on the outside, of course. Tony tried to cheat. Ruby stopped it. She slid Saraya the, the spray paint, which Saraya used. And I get what they tried to do with the ending, but I just, I don't think the ending worked because we all see that Tony Storm missed the exposed turnbuckle. So I don't think that ending worked. The match I thought was too short. But that is AEW's women's division. Perfectly described. I think that might have been the shortest match on the card. Main event saw MJF pick up the victory over Samoa Joe to retain the championship. The second biggest show in uh, AEW. Or the second show, the second biggest show for AEW, the main event of it revolved around NXT, which I think is funny. And before the match, they did a parody of the Bret Hart thing where the kid yells, Bret! And Bret turns around. And it was cool to see the real deal Craig Steele in this. His his real son as well. That I thought was really cool. 
I just, I hate when they do stuff like that. It's like the WrestleMania 19 thing. But this was like even more blatant. I just find it weird when they do someone else's work like that. But Samoa Joe, we see MJF, they fight out the ring, outside the ring, of course. All five of the matches, they they go outside. Samoa Joe put MJF through a table. We saw the kangaroo kick. That's super over still. Um, the match kind of all over the place at, at times. And they did that uh, pile driver spot where MJF like sold a potential neck injury. And I think after having that Phoenix and John Moxley spot, maybe you don't include something like that. But MJF cheated. He low blowed Samoa Joe, which is something I don't think should have been in the match. We saw Sammy Guevara hit a low blow like that earlier on. And MJF tried to use the dynamite diamond ring, but the referee caught it. And then Samoa Joe low blowed him. Adam Cole showed up and... When MJF was locked in a sleeper, he came down to cheer him on. Adam Cole now might be injured. He jumped off the stage, tweaked his ankle maybe. That sucks. But the referee very weirdly rolls out of the ring and didn't see MJF cheat. That was the the goofiest spot. The referee just, he like cartwheels out. It was so goofy. MJF chokes Samoa Joe out to to win. And then Samoa Joe, he ends up pushing Adam Cole. But MJF got in between of them. But in between them. And got a handshake from Samoa Joe. Which Joe offered. And I think that was a very... A cool thing for them to include. Because it was... It goes back to NXT where he pushes MJF. It goes back to All In, where he pushes MJF. Now he's shaking his hand. He has respect for him. And I think they were, everyone was waiting for Adam Cole to turn on MJF here. They had a five-minute overrun. The match ends at like 10.01. And they kept it going until 10.05. So that part was lackluster. And nothing happened. Nothing came of that. They just celebrated their victory. Or MJF's victory, I should say. So, everyone was thinking Edge was showing up. Everyone thought Sasha Banks and Mercedes Monet was showing up. Some people thought Goldberg was showing up. None of them showed up. There were no big surprises like last year. Uh, Overall, I think it was a good show. I wish there was a lot different. But that's AEW. Hey, Brandon. Got any shout outs? Hey, you guys. I'm listening to Brandon's shout outs. Oh, well, gee, Eric, I don't think that's a great thing to do. Hey, respect my authority. The first shout out goes to Pixar's Elemental. It's out on Disney Plus now. I really enjoyed this. And, like, so much so that. I wish there was a sequel or like a, a TV series of it. I could see something like this being a TV series. It got be- such negative feedback when it was initially released in theaters, but it literally broke records for them. So, who is and- Elemental with Pixar? Yeah, and it's partly uh, it's like 
kind of about the different elements and whether or not they can coexist. Uh-huh. Like, can water exist with fire, basically? But when it comes down to it, it's really a rom-com. Mm-hmm. So I think adults can enjoy it. I think children will enjoy it. I've seen people's tweets where it was like, oh, it's been out on Disney Plus for a week now, and, and my family's literally watched it like eight times already. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's already, I don't know if it broke a record for uh, Disney Plus as well. So I would definitely say check out Elemental. The next shout-out goes to Wrestlers on Netflix, which is a docu-series about OVW. I mentioned that a few weeks ago, but now it's out. The whole thing is out. And I think it's it's good. It's funny. It's, like, sad. It's kind of carny at the same time. I don't think non-wrestling fans would see that. And mm. I don't think they would see what is and what isn't a work. But I definitely think... If you're a fan of pro wrestling, you should check it out. And we get to see Al Snow operating OVW. So it's cool that he's on it. It's cool to see Doug Basham on it. He's a trainer down there. I didn't know and that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I don't think, I don't remember knowing that Doug Basham was. Uh-huh. And it's crazy that I didn't know that they ran live TV every week. Huh. I think the only other companies that do that are WWE and and AEW. Mm -hmm. And they're clearly nowhere near that level. And you see some of the struggles of the wrestlers with not being on that level. Yeah. Because some of them definitely should be. Like, Shira should 100% be in WWE. He should not have to be working two jobs at OVW. Mm -hmm. But definitely check that out. The last one, I don't know. It's an anti-shout-out, but I don't know who to give it to. Ooh, give it to them both. I don't know. I don't know if, like, if it goes to George Strait. He announced a tour with Chris Stapleton in Little Big Town. And one of the dates is at MetLife. And I went to look at those tickets for... How much are the prices? They're up on pre-sale right now. And they are the most ridiculously priced tickets that I've ever seen. What's the price? And apparently, thing? it's not just MetLife. I've seen people who are super annoyed. The cheapest tickets at MetLife Stadium are, are like around two hundred dollars with the fees. That's awful. And I just I don't think that's right. And I went to go look to see how much I paid for Taylor Swift when I literally sat all the way up at uh-huh. MetLife Stadium. That was that was eighty dollars. But she was Taylor Swift. I know George Strait is a legend, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I paid eighty dollars to sit near the stage for Garth Brooks at Yankee Stadium. They're they're forgetting with, like the inflation rate there should be like a hundred. Yeah, it's awful what they're doing. I saw people saying that they've attended so many George Strait concerts in the past, but this tour they've been priced out of. Mm-hmm. Which, like, imagine being a fan who's actually seen him a bunch of times, and you decide you can't go because of how ridiculously priced it is. Yeah, it just shows that they really don't care about the fans anymore. And I feel like that might be even worse than someone like me who's never seen George Strait and wanted to. So for that, I like I really don't know who to put the blame if it's on Ticketmaster or or if it's on George Strait's team. Mm-hmm. But that really sucks because I thought it would have been cool to see George Strait. I thought for sure he'd have like twenty dollars tickets at MetLife. Hmm. 
I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> so yeah. That really sucks. So why those would you are think $20? My... That's like... Why, wait, what? I wouldn't have thought $20. Maybe like 50 Yeah, maybe more. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. I would have expected the most to be like $80 for, for the the top. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. not 20 yeah, That's crazy. But those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Our... is right our mark out moment of the week um i gotta say first of all there was a video of paul wall going around twitter and tiktok and i literally thought it was finn balor and so many other people thought it was finn balor but his hair was gray so i knew it couldn't be him but xavier woods joined in and pointing that out finn balor tweeted about it so i thought all of that was funny yeah. I figured that would be included here. <laughs> I don't. I still really don't know Paul Wall. I know he was we that all, Brooke I, Hogan I feel person. like the only reason why we would know Paul Wall is because of Brooke Hogan. Yeah, I don't know. Something I marked out with was they had um, Grand Slam take place this week, AEW, and they had MJF appear on PIX11 News in the morning. and he Appear was being, on everything. Everything, but for me, I I usually watch Picks Eleven, so I watched his interview with Marisol, and it was an awesome interview, very funny. And then something else that I marked. Well, today they even did a recap of it, saying that he picked up the victory over Samoa Joe. Um, and then something else that I marked out over was well, actually twice today. Um, driving Is it in still the MJF. No, no, but driving in I the. Wanna... In, yeah, Can I just pivot to MJF real quick. Pivot, pivot. MJF and Adam Cole had New York Mets inspired T-shirts, and MJF's gear was New York Met pinstripes for Grand Slam. So I popped for that. Yeah, I mean MJF had the logo of every sports team on his jacket for that event, but his Titantron was pure Mets and everything like that. Um, very cool. He did throw out the first pitch for Bartolo Colon night as well. Uh, the appreciation day for Bartolo Colon, which was really cool. But the other thing I marked out was usually I found myself recently listening to the news uh, when I'm driving to and from work. Not really listening. wins. You give us something, we give you the, the yeah. world. Yeah, that's what, what I watch. We that's what you... I listen to. What do they say? We, you uh, give, you us... give us 23 minutes, we give you the news. I love that bumper. Something like that. Um, what's his face is on there now? Scott Stanford. Oh, yeah, yeah. I marked out for that. That's yeah. Scott Stanford does the news on there now. That's cool. Um, yeah, usually in the evenings, but that besides uh, two times today actually in the morning they actually aired an audio clip and you just hear people like yelling and some like slaps and stuff like that and I'm like, what the hell is this? Like sometimes they'll play audios of things and then describe the events of what the video is. And they were like, you were just listening to a wrestling event that took place in Japan on a train. Oh my and- <laughs> God. Yeah. I saw that ABC even posted it. Yeah. They were talking about how they sold out a train and this is the first of its kind. And Tony every- Khan, I think messed up big time by not doing something like that for 
dynamite. They were literally how many trains are right there. I know. I definitely marked out for that. Uh, I think uh, Suzuki was Suzuki was involved yeah, in Minora this, and Suzuki was on that. Yeah, so I marked out for that. Uh, pop for that, and then another thing that I marked out all over was them just talking about WWE on the drive home on the news station, ten uh, ten. Um, they were talking about how WWE was going to be moving fo- um, SmackDown over to USA instead of Fox. It was like a quick like ten second thing, and I'm like, this is cool. Like I'm listening to the straight up news, and they're actually talking about this stuff that's pro wrestling related. Yeah. But yeah. What about you? Anything else from you? Uh well I don't watch the show, but Triple H was on the show billions this past week. I I've saw that. That airs on Showtime. He was in a scene with Paul Giamatti, who for a long time I always thought he could actually play Paul Heyman. So I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, mark out that uh, Craig Steele was on Dynamite? Totally. Totally did. And I mean, you know, him and his son re-doing uh, that commercial. Yeah. Or the Bret Hart commercial with MJF. I call it a commercial, but... I feel like it was a commercial. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was a... You know what it was, but take it home. Thank you so much for listening. That was our Markout Moments of the Week. This was episode 659. Check us out on Twitter at MarkingOut, at MarkingOut11 on Instagram, Threads, and YouTube. ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut, at MarkingOut on TikTok, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, MarkingOut.com. You can follow us individually at BTTG161, Chris Sweendog, CM Sweeney85, David PTDPT, collectively, like I said, marking out. And we wish you the... The... Best, best of luck of in your luck. future endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Oh.